you have to enjoy what you do and I really do enjoy what I do. Hi everyone and welcome to the ARC podcast show. I'm your host Shah, welcome. Today I have the uh, Pele of the business world. You like that now though? Pele of the yes, business sir. world. Mr. Steve Barmer Walters is here. How are you, sir? I'm very, very well. And thank God that you got it right. Pele is my boy. I can't remember which footballer I said before, but that was a that was a mistake. You know, spoken to me since. Um, today we are joined by a friend of the family, friend of the show, extremely talented photographer. Been doing it for time, Mr. Chris Harvey from Chris Harvey Visuals. How are you? Very well, thanks. Thanks for having me. That intro. I know. <laughs> you are welcome, my friend. Uh, Chris, we've got you in today. Um, they'll recognise your work. You've helped us out with a couple of shoots. Certainly helped me out with just learning how to use cameras and stuff because I never knew how to. Um, but it's been quite the journey for you in that, you know, having to learn the trade and, and having to execute it um, in a world where everyone's a photographer now. So just tell us a little bit about you, the background, how you came into it and yeah, where you're at now. Yeah, so uh, like, like, like I mentioned, we, we go way back um, and the, the, the way that I started my photography was literally as a hobby. Um, it was literally, I, I started by, I bought myself a camera gear as a lot of people do these days. Like we touched on, everyone sort of uh, likes the idea of being a photographer. I never thought it was going to become my business. Um, and I just started taking a few pictures and the first gig that I actually got on a professional level was uh, a revolution in Norwich um, which is like the the, the popular bar in, in Tombland and uh, yeah it started off really small I was getting paid something like £10 an hour I was like oh my god this is like amazing and um, yeah I started that was a really cool job and then it progressed they really liked my stuff and then another bar asked me to do some work and another bar asked me to do some work um, this is back in Shah's, Shah's youth days. He, <laughs> he used to DJ, and we we got to know each other on on that level there. And we we've both since then. Um, I still do the, the club stuff, but I moved into sort of marketing and commercial photography, as that's where like it's it's big big business now. And um, yeah, it's kind of gone from strength to strength. Been doing it about six years now, and I'm uh, at a point now where probably one of the the busiest photographers I'd say in uh, in Norwich. So. Absolutely, I'd second that as well. Um, Steve, it's interesting because Chris said that he didn't see or imagine it being his business, and we've talked a lot across the um, series of podcasts that we've done. We've spoken a lot about people pivoting and changing, changing their roles, and you know, changing what they think is going to happen. So Adrian Forbes, for example, went to the other side of football. Nowadays, in a world where things move much quicker, have you found that people are having to change a lot quicker than they used to? And, and have to change the direction in order to keep up with business? It's a very interesting question and how I'm going to answer it is like this. I think what's actually happened is more and more people have started to think about what their hobbies are and that their hobbies are more kind of thought-provoking and much more tantalising and much more energising for them as individuals. So I think what we're finding is people are deciding to make decisions that work should not just be work, it should be something that they enjoy and they really want to do. So I think we're in an age now where people are actually saying, this is a hobby, but actually I like doing this. I want to get out of bed to do this. So they, a lot of people are taking that risk and they're actually using their hobby and using that as, as a job. 
and obviously that's quite a big deal and, and difficult and obviously the the younger you are in your career or the earlier you start in your career doing that then obviously it's easier if you fast forward 10-15 years and then you try and do it, it it could be more difficult but not impossible so what I would say is I think people are thinking more around this lifestyle this sort of this 360 and what they're saying is actually I want my job to be something that I enjoy I want my job to be something that I'm passionate about I want my job to be something that's that's meaningful to me and I think that's what we're saying seeing I think in terms of your question in terms of speed and and, and the way and the way the world um, works now obviously things are much quicker um, with the birth of social media and, and the internet blowing up what it actually means is photography has become more kind of um, potent it's become more popular it's become more interesting it's become fast it's become quick um, it's become thought-provoking um, you know many times I say you know an image can say so many things and I think you're seeing that industry just blow up right now and actually there is a huge difference between good photography and bad photography and Chris that's partly why I've got you here because um, Steve's hit the nail on the head now with the birth of Instagram and YouTube and so on these photographers and I say that in air quotes have just appeared out of nowhere and we camera phones being so mind-blowingly good now you can get some really dope shots off just your mobile phone how have you separated yourself from those people and created your own kind of genre in a way um I think it's literally just wanting it like it's just putting in the time and effort and I think like you know coming back to my sort of where I started with the club stuff is there was a few sort of student photographers doing about and I got nothing against them you start in the in the beginning you, you want to get in your first foot in the door that's excellent do that um, but they would sort of like um, maybe lacking putting in the time and effort because I think they just thought it was a little bit of extra money and maybe a few extra drinks kind of thing but I looked at it as like a business like I've still enjoyed myself and I think like like um like we touched on like you have to enjoy what you do and I really do enjoy what I do but you got to also put in the time to set yourself apart from the crowd and what I do is I make sure I go through every single photo make sure it's like the lighting's perfect give it a good like edit on photoshop and make sure the logo's perfect check with the managers like the style that they want to go to and then add my own creative touch on top of it and I think putting in that extra time and effort's really um set me apart from the competition and um, not to yeah blow my own trumpet there, but like I say, I think that I no, go ahead, blow, like, blow. I, I think no no no, but I think I feel like that that's that's something that literally you've, you've just got if you want it enough, you can you can uh, you can achieve it. Like so, you just got to put in the time. Blow it, my man. You've you've got status. You wouldn't be here if you didn't have status. So we uh, I know we appreciate your work. There's the old saying of uh, if you enjoy your work, you'll never work a day in your life. Uh, I'm a huge fan of that saying. Uh, and I think it's very easy for Chris and I to be able to say that. Steve, when it comes to your business, effectively you give advice to people as a consultant. Um, how easy is it? Is it fun for you? Is it easy for you to be able to give advice to people and, and, and help them with their business and still have fun at the same time? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, you're talking about a subject matter that's interesting to me. So when I talk about businesses um, and wanting them to be better, wanting them to give the people the, the time um, that's required to make them feel special, that's because I believe in it. I never talk about anything or give advice on anything that I don't, uh, I don't 100% believe in myself. I think that's what makes our consultancy very different. 
and we're not trying to be something else we're actually trying to be ourselves and pass on the knowledge and um, that we've gained over a number of years and you know I often talk about this you know it's about sharing those stories of do you remember when what happened what did we do to overcome that particular thing and you know what did we do to make it successful um so you know I absolutely wake up every day being positive being pumped about what we do that said obviously there's going to be clients that are more challenging than others and but let's be honest everybody wants to have a good business and eventually with the time and effort and care and getting to understand the particular business we're working with we believe that we can offer them help and support but more importantly get to know them as individuals mm. and how they can make the difference i have a saying the answer is always in the room you've got to just ask the right questions and you've got to be patient enough to wait for the right um, answers to come through but the answer is in the room and sometimes it's just asking the right question mm. chris i may be wrong but seeing you grow throughout not grow but just seeing you work and operate over the last um uh, couple of years in the industry as a photographer in the nightlife industry um one thing you're very good at is befriending and making relationships with the people that you work with so not only are they um not <laughs> i'm sorry we're in the middle of a podcast steve has literally just got up to walk across my living room into my kitchen to eat some sweets and then just come back <laughs> That's my guy. It's the main reason we came really late. Yeah, yeah. We're not, not, not going to bring it around the bush. Just the free sweets. Um, so one thing you're really good is building those relationships. Where do you have the cut-off point? So how do you build that relationship um, from a professional level to a personal level, yet because you're a businessman, still maintain that business level? Yeah, I think I think that's a really important point. Is is creating those relationships with your clients? I think if you can show that you are taking a genuine interest in their business or their product, they're going to respect it so much more and want to work with you so much more. And that is something that I make sure I do every single time. Like, you know, I get get to know the owners, get to know the promoters, get to know everyone, um, get to know the brand, ask genuine like questions. Like, oh, what you know what's the direction you're taking it what's the kind of like thing that you're trying to achieve like what are you trying to get across because otherwise you can take a, a generic photo of someone say it was like a fashion brand you can get them just standing standing there but what background do you want do you want it to kind of be like an edgy street vibe do you want it to be a really posh vibe you need to get like the sort of atmosphere of what they're trying to achieve for their personal brand and um and another thing another bit of advice that i've i've um, or a, a story that I can share with you, like for one of my clients is um, uh, a, a friend, friend of mine called Jordan Platten, who's started his own personal brand, and I, I work with him on a monthly basis, and he's a long-term friend. Um, he, um, <laughs> I'm gonna kind of throw, throw him uh, <clears throat> uh, under the bus a little bit, but he, he's he's uh, talked about this um, uh, quite openly on his channel. But he he had a, a quite a receding hairline um and he went for a hair transplant um so he invested in getting getting his hairline reshaped and uh he, he went to like quite a posh clinic got to know them and obviously he like had the actual uh, treatment he got chatting to them about their own sort of social media and how they promoted themselves and they didn't really do a whole lot um other than just having their website so 
um, he actually, he's actually now signed them up as a client off the back <laughs> of going in and having his own hair transplant. Super. But because he was actually getting that service, he was like in such a good position to get that that line of, of work because he took a genuine interest in it because he was actually getting that product. And you don't necessarily have to buy into the product every time, but if you like take an interest and do the research into like what they're actually doing, they're going to trust you so much more than yeah. some random talk to Tom, Dick or Harry that's approaching them like, oh, can we do your social media? There's so much we charge. If you say like, hi, you know, I'm genuinely interested in this product. They can be like, right, we want to work with you more. And okay. I think that's that's something that really hit me. I was like, you know, that's, yeah, that's, he's on to a winner a there. Story. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, Steve, I was about to ask you about how do you go about building these relationships? Have we all got to go about and, and get hair transplants now and, and try and get these clients on board? You know, How do you start getting those clients? Is it easy as just facebooking someone or do you have to go see them like how do you build those relationships i think you know it's a very um heartfelt subject really and i talk about this quite a lot with some of the clients that i have and also some of the clients that i'm looking to have in the future and I, I i strongly believe that we don't give this area enough importance and i'll put my he- my neck on the line here and and say it's probably one of the biggest weaknesses in the biggest is the in the business community at the moment we don't value the time it takes to build proper, strong relationships that are meaningful, where you're offering a service because you can you understand their business and you've taken the time to get to know them. And there's no better way. There really isn't. And, you know, I see businesses trying to cut corners. I see businesses trying to sell something that they can't really deliver. And they're trying to do it really quickly. And they're trying to do it in a way that's very kind of non-committal. And, you know, you'll never be able to beat the face-to-face. You'll never be able to beat looking into the whites of someone's eyes and talking to them about their business, sharing information and building a relationship. And I I will 100% here and now say, businesses that don't take this seriously, that do not buy into this, that do not take the time to get to know their client base, real-time getting to know them, their businesses will suffer down the line, 100%. It's, it's probably the most important part of business. And it takes time. It can't be rushed. And you've really got to give it the time that it's needed. And not just your clients as well, your people too. <clears throat> Excuse me, not just your clients, your, your people too. You have to get to know them as well as you know your clients. And like you've said before in the various social media posts that we've put out that, that have echoed those points uh, are true to form. I think you know me better than a lot of my previous managers do um just so happens that we know each other on a personal level and we get along um harvey what do we what do we what kind of advice do we give to new photographers so let's say i'm a i'm fresh out of uni i like the idea of going into a club taking photos or i like the idea to get into product photography do you invest in equipment first do you build up a client base first do you just rent equipment what's what's the kind of bullet point process for uh, for, for starting your photography business um it's a tough one i mean i th- I think literally just go out and practice 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 um like i say these days you've got um like instagram is such a good platform for it's almost like a, a virtual cv these days that anyone can view on their phone like quickly because the more like stuff that you do i mean even like if you 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 own your own product say you want to go into product photography grab your grab your watch grab your dad's watch or anyone with like a nice like accessory or anything like that 
and just take photos of it in different locations or get your friends to model it for free and just say, do you want to come out and take some photos of me? I'll buy you a lunch or something like that. And just keep like building a, a portfolio and eventually like people will, you'll build a following and you'll be able to show potential people that you want to work with. Like, this is what I can do for you. So say you took photos of shoes, take loads of photos of shoes and you can then approach a shoe company like this is what I can do can I work with you or perhaps they'll message you you know it's one of those things with hashtags and all that kind of stuff I think my piece of advice on this is pick something that you are passionate about if you're not passionate about it then they're not going to work with you and I think that goes both ways like even um, like with what we do if we see someone that's say started a fashion company and they literally just want to get rich quick they don't you know care about it at all and they just throw you like right here's a budget make it good for me like if if they were like oh i really want to you know change the way that people do this and i've seen other people do it, i want to do it better and i'm really like you know excited about it then you're going to want to work with them so much more so make sure you take an interest in the product uh, otherwise people aren't going to buy into it and steve same question for you but kind of a checklist for starting a business what what are the what are the kind of core things you need to get in place before you go ahead and, and open up your doors. I think we've we've touched on this before on previous podcasts, but the, you know, if you if you're running a business and you're um, selling a product, if you're um, offering a service or you've got some form of end user, do the work up front to understand what it is that the end user wants. And I've I've talked about this time and time again. Do the work up front to understand what the service you're giving, what the end user wants. Everything that you're offering, someone will purchase that. So understand the person that you believe is going to be purchasing it and do that homework first. If you do that homework right and you've got the right information that says, actually, this product, this service is needed by these end users. You start with that first, get that bit right. Then you can look at, you know, well, does it make money? Is there an opportunity here? What are the margins that we need to have? Um, You know, what do I need to employ um, what kind of people do I need to employ to actually offer this service or offer this product? But you've got to start with the premise around, is what I'm offering needed, whether that's a product or whether that's a service? Um, and do the end users need it? And how do I communicate to them? And it's, you know, I would say sometimes businesses don't think about that in the beginning. And this is why they fail, because they haven't really thought about who's going to be buying our product, who's going to be buying our services. And I think you really do have to do the homework. I think I talked many times about the early days of Miss Selvridge, um, who was part of the Sears group. And they were going through some really, really tough times. And the CEO, um, a gentleman by the name of Dave Lovelock, came up with this great idea of what if we created two or three different customer types gave them a name and built up a story around what they did in their spare time you know where do they go and um, what would their um community what would their community look like what would their social group look like okay what would they be wearing when they're doing those things and by doing that what they do was what they did was they built up these customer images and actually they knew who they were going to sell to and it wasn't a surprise that you know fast forward 12 18 months you know they were having record sales because they thought about the end user first and what they needed to do to satisfy the end user's needs so they built up like a fake world 
Is that is that what they did? That's what they did, though, right? They built up a fake world to to see how it would work and and built their product around that. That's amazing. Who was that? Selfridges. Great work. They're gonna go far. You watch me. They're gonna go. They're gonna have shops in London and everything. They're gonna go far. Uh, Harvey, what's the plan for your photography? What is the what is the end goal? Is there an end goal? Um, yeah, I mean, right right now, I'm just enjoying building it up and creating client base. Um, and he's gone for the sweets again. <laughs> Do you know what it's like? It's like having I feel like I'm missing out a, little bit a mix between. Take a moment, yeah? yeah, you go. It's all right. Everyone just take off and have some sweets, guys. It's just me and you at the moment. Everyone else has just bounced to get some sweets. Okay, it's a mixture of having like. A toddler and a drunk best mate at your house, just just running right. Um, yeah, sorry, you were talking about the future of your of, of photography. Where do you? Because the, the way the reason why I ask it is because the thing that fascinates me and scares me the most is the advancement of technology. Who knew ten years ago that we would have Apple watches or Samsung Gear watches? That blows my mind when it tells me what my heart rate is. For the longest time, I've never known, nor have I cared what my heart rate is, but since I've got my Apple Watch, it's the only thing I care about. Like, I look at it constantly. Um, n- n- none of us know what the future holds for um, for video cameras, for, for cameras in whole, but I think through the birth of iPhone cameras and so on, we can see that smartphone cameras are going to get bigger and better and, and, and higher quality where do you see this going where do you see your future as a photographer going do you think you have to move more into video perhaps or do you think you have to extend it even further and start creating films like you know what what do you think is going to happen for you i think um yeah truthfully the sky's the limit now isn't it these days like if you look back like like you touched on like five years ago like slrs were kind of something that like your dad had or like like the budget one that went out on little trips and you just had a little auto mode and but these days you can literally edit you know anything like I, I don't don't believe everything you see in magazines is real because it's all photoshopped yeah. and it, you can literally do anything it's yeah. it's it's actually quite quite amazing um i think what sets sets me apart from from the rest is that um i'm a sort of multi diverse on my sort of genre so i'm kind of fully freelance like one day i'll be working with a fashion company the next day i'll be working with a restaurant the weekends i'll be doing the nightclub stuff and i really enjoy the the balance of of different things i think a lot of photographers have limited themselves i mean it might be good for a marketing perspective but some people will only do portraits and they'll refuse to do anything else and they're kind of closing off their bracket because if they're a likable person and they've got a really nice style then someone that's having a wedding might want to work with them but they'll say no and they're kind of shutting themselves off so I'm kind of opening all the doors and and uh, you know allowing my, um, myself to open up to kind of all avenues at the moment and I think uh, as long as I'm still enjoying it and I am passionate about it then I'll, I'll take it on if it's something that I really don't want to do like something very corporate or you know anything that's like doesn't interest me then I probably wouldn't do it because I'm at a point now where I can pick and choose my clients but uh yeah I mean I'm I'm just really enjoying how how it's going at the moment Steve it reminds me of a conversation that we had um off podcast with one of our guests Polly um a few weeks ago and she was talking about um her father and that he was heavily into photography and, and used um film cameras for the longest time and really really calling the market he was doing really super well but he never made the bounce to digital photography and he said no 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 i'm just going to stick with film and inevitably you know the business stopped and the clients stopped coming in and so on 
how easy is it to go with the trend move with the flow yet maintain your place and your space in the market i don't think it's easy i i, I don't i think it is hard um because what it sometimes means is you're going to have to constantly be moving and evolving and you know and that's sometimes quite tough because if you think about photography um there's a big outlay if you think about equipment um so what you've got to remember now it's no longer about sitting back with what you've got you've got to constantly be moving that forward and embracing technology and evolving all the time so it's not easy because you've actually got to be very flexible you've got to be very very fluid and you've got to be able to move quite quickly with with what's happening um if you don't then you're not going to be around because guess what the world is not going to stop for us this is this is just the beginning um i can see so many things in my mind that's going to happen around photography and video i think it's just only going to get bigger and better i think it's going to get sharper i think the pixels are going to get even clearer than 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 what we're talking about now everyone's looking for that real life shot that real life video that tells a story that no one else can tell that's what we're all out for how many times have you seen um a picture and it's just spoken to you in the way that no other picture spoken to you. And I think that's what every photographer is trying to get. How many times have you looked at a photograph and thought, that looks ridiculous because it looks staged. And then you look at another photograph and you go, wow, that looks real. We're all trying to look at that thing that looks real, that, that says something that's unique. And that's not going to change. And it's going to get quicker. It's going to get faster. It's going to get sharper. People are going to get more demanding phones are going to get better and put photographers under more and more pressure and the ones that stick with what they're doing they won't be around simple as that really i certainly had to improve my skill set i i you know was sticking with videography and if anyone ever asked me to do a photo shoot i'd be like no no i'm just a videographer i can't do photos until i realized that it is something that i have to have in my bow because like you said the world's not going to stop for us and clients who are paying you are also not going to have the budget and they're not going to have the time to find a photographer just because you say you don't fancy taking any photos. So it's something that you had to, I had to add to my um, collection. And I'm so glad that I did because they're two completely different worlds, regardless of what people think. And Harvey, you're nodding your head because you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. A video, a videographer's perspective and a photographer's perspective is completely different. And to be able to be able to dabble in both areas um it's really a sign of the times that we're in right now steve i think you're absolutely right in fact i think i saw it quite late at night so i'm not too sure i think the first 8k movie has just been made 8k now i don't understand this because i think the highest resolution your eye goes to is something like hd or 4k i think that's the highest the sharpest it'll go so 8k will just be wasted however um not only is that happening but do you remember have you seen minority report the film with Tom Cruise there's a scene where he's watching movies of his kid and they're all holographic and the kid's coming out the screen he's running out the screen I genuinely think that's going to happen I think it's really going to happen I think we're going to have um AI technology we're going to have holograms of old videos that are able to convert and we're able to we're going to be able to spin around and move around our images I think it's really going to happen no no I, I I second and third that I think um it's never going to stop we are now um, in a world where we are breaking new boundaries all the time and it's not going to stop. And what, and like I said, what are we all searching for? We're, we're searching for perfection of real life. That's what we're searching for. So it's all about, does that look real like it would normally look? 
and that's what we're all looking for. Yeah, yeah. You know, when um, when you see um, you know um, directors directing films and putting them together, they're trying to get that moment that the audience is just wow. That's that's that moment that touches them. That moment that's so real um, on video. Same with photography. You're trying to capture something that's unique. So technology is never gonna ch- never gonna stop. It's just gonna keep going and going and going and going. So I totally agree with you. I think it's exciting. I think we live in a world where the lines have become so blurred and fuzzy that we can cross over easier. They're no longer solid. Where there's a stop, don't do that. You know. I just think there's, there's there's just so much fluidity. I mean, you know, I think about my early days of um, being introduced to Spike Lee, and I can remember people people um, saying he will never be anything, he will never amount to anything. You know, what he's doing is just off the wall. And as a youngster, thinking, no, there's something in this. I love what he's trying to say. I I, I didn't really understand because I was a youngster, but there was just something in what he was doing that I thought was non-corporate was about heritage, about being black and doing different things. And I just think the world is changing and that, that kind of just like empowers me to do more and more every day. Like I'm listening to what you're saying, but did you meet Spike Lee? Yeah, I did, yeah. Why are you talking? You met Spike Lee? <laughs> when were you going to tell me this? You came in my house, you ate my sweets, you didn't tell me you met Spike Lee. Where did you tell me about... Oh my God, this podcast is going somewhere else. Tell me what happened. Spike Lee's SB Breezy, what happened? It was quite far away, but yeah, I saw Spike Lee in Los Angeles one time. On a podcast a while ago, I was like, do you know what? I thought I was cool. And then I meet up with Steve and then he tells me another story in the car. And like, you've, you've audibly just heard exactly what I'm talking about. Like when you said, when you were introduced to Spike Lee, I thought, oh, you know, we've all seen Spike Lee in the form of a film. I didn't know you met the dude. So cool about it as well. Just sitting there lounging. Do you want some more sweets? You take whatever you want, man. Go in that cupboard over there. Uh, Harvey. Actually, no. Before I do this, it's funny that you're talking about directors, because effectively, what you're doing is directing a company, and they're looking for you to come up with that wow thing. Because, with all due respect, a company will approach you if they've nearly exhausted their other options and you come in and majority of the time you save them if they're able to be saved and everyone's on the same page at the same time but that's your job right you're the director of that film that is the business and you're going in there and saying well listen you're doing this what if we try this and try and scoop you into a different direction yeah listen it's about survival isn't it and it's about sometimes we forget why we start our business and we forget what made our business do well in the beginning and I think that's easy to forget so I think it's always about revisiting the 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 why revisiting the why and by revisiting the why sometimes like I said the answers in the room and we talked earlier about relationships it is about the relationships about your 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 consumers your your clients whatever they are but it's also about the relationships that you build with your people within the team to deliver and I don't even call it a directorship. What we are is we're leaders, um, business owners, um, individuals that are senior executives within within an organisation, whether that's corporate or non-corporate. What we are is leaders. You're leaders of people. Um, And sometimes we forget that. 
and I personally feel that if you if you look at it in that way it changes your perception and it changes how you interact and I read something um, earlier where um, a very famous um, consultant was saying I really hate when business owners say I want my team to work as hard as me and what he actually said was well, okay give them 50% of your business and maybe they will work as hard as you sometimes our expectations is just ridiculous we say ridiculous things what we want to be is leaders we want to lead people to do better lead people to drive your business and guess what you're nothing without your people so it's not about directing it's about leading yeah I was um I was just going to touch on that revisiting um point that you made I think like if you look at films these days I don't know if anyone else has noticed but they're remaking a lot of old films with modern technology and it's incredible like what they can do these days and I think that's that's another thing that can be passed back to a brand like Disney, for example. Like we all know the sort of magic that you felt like as a kid, and now with special effects, you can get like some ridiculous scenes, and you like you you re get that feeling again. But they've also rebranded and got with the times and kept ahead of the game, you know, and and made you not forget about those old classics that you you treasured. Uh, and another thing like video games, like we all remember like the Crash Bandicoot and the Spyro, and they were they were amazing, like fantastic branding and characters. But like you, you don't really play it anymore because the graphics are so old. But they've now just re-released those, and with modern graphics, modern technology, and it's the same with your photography and your your, your own, um, you know, product brand. It's 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 very you can relate back to that. You relaunch it with modern stuff, modern techniques, you know, modern consulting, and that's how how you push it into the the new century, 2018, 2019. Steve, maybe you could relaunch your friendship with Spike Lee and take your new friend Shah. Who knows? Who knows where the future will take us? But I'm more than meets Blackley. Um, Harvey, three top tips for any new photographer looking to start their business. Um, top tips. I think, like we said, just go out there, uh, take loads of pictures, build up that portfolio that you can present to people. Be like, this is what I can do. This is what I'm about. Um, also, do, do your research. I think something that's really helped me is YouTube. Um, read loads of reviews on the equipment that you want to get. Read loads of reviews on how to edit. You know, research like the current market, current trends, everything like you can mostly get for free online um, if you wanted to um, start your own brand yourself. If you need to seek other help, then you, you get come to that later when you want to grow. Um, and the third thing is, yeah, just enjoy it. Like, be find, pick something you're passionate about, and like we said, you know, if you find something that you really enjoy, you'll never work a day in your life. And it's the happiest I've ever been. And I think Shah's really happy, and we we all are. We we love what we do. So, really happy. Don't don't be that person that you know settles for that boring day job. You know. Yeah. Don't be unhappy. Life's too short to be unhappy. Uh, Steve, uh, three top tips for. Uh, Chris Harvey I keep on calling him Harvey because well, that's what I call him he's my friend Chris Harvey three top tips for Chris Harvey or people starting their own business yeah I think one thing I'd say to Chris obviously worked for him for, for a little while now is um, don't underestimate the power of making people feel comfortable um, I think it's a trait that's underestimated um, within photography and I've um, been in and around um, retail for 32 years and you can tell when a model is relaxed and you can tell when a model is uneasy. 
and when a model is relaxed the and photography sort of speaks for itself um, and you have that you have that in in spades and what I'd say is carry on doing that because I think that is is something that is um critical to what you do and I'd say that's a tip so just keep doing that it's probably something you're not even aware of but you you've got that in your locker and it's good um the second thing I would say which we've already just touched on is don't forget the power of relationships and never forget that the time invested is is critical don't see it as um, you know there's no return on investment there's always return on investment when you're building relationships that can last um, a, a lifetime. And also, you know, when I think back to my business, you know, someone had to take the chance first with you. And um, how many businesses still work with their first clients? And that can, sometimes can be the power of how strong your business is. If you're still working with the client that you, you, you took on board, first of all, and, and likewise with consumers, that customer that spent that first buck with you back in the day, are they still customers with you today? Um, same with the service givers. Um, so that'd be number two. And then number three for me, um, you know, listening to um, uh, Chris again today, it's, you know, there's a real difference if you're doing something that you enjoy versus if you're doing something just because. Mm. And I'd, I'd say to people, find the enjoy, not the because. And even if it takes you a little bit of time, just keep searching for the joy. Don't accept the because. Because all that because does, it, it rots away inside you. And actually, you're never giving yourself. You're never giving 100% because, 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 because. because. Mm. So let's not do that. Let's enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Find the enjoy, not the because. That's why they pay you the big bucks, man. That was dope. Uh, <laughs> Guys, that is it for this week. Thank you very, very much for listening. As always, you can check out the website, 8rc.co.uk, which will have all of our social links on there. Uh, We'll make sure we drop in uh, Chris Harvey's links as well, and you can go and give him some love. Uh, Guys, that is it for this week. Thank you very much for listening. We will catch you next week.